Hey, I'm so glad to see you today. It really is the first weekend in fall, isn't it? And I'm glad to welcome those worshiping with us online. Now, I've noticed living in Florida that you have one day of fall. <laughs> and you don't know when it's going to come. So you just wait and watch for it and look, check the humidity. Each day you're on the Weather Channel. You're trying to figure out, is this it? Maybe next week? No. Let's wait. When is it coming? And then you get to lunch and you realize, hey, wait, wait a minute. This is the fall. This is it. This is the day of fall. I missed it. I'm going to enjoy it this afternoon because I, I didn't even realize it this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> One day of fall, but there's also one day of spring, okay? You just get one day of spring. You never know when it's going to come, but you just kind of watch for it, and, you know, you take advantage of it. You try you try to remember. It's kind of like the full moon, except you know when it's coming, right? And you can see. Do you like a full moon? How many of you, unless you work in the emergency room, you're into the full moon, right? Or if you're a school teacher. If you're a school teacher, a full moon is not that great, okay? But anyway, I digress. Did you notice that? Sometimes that happens. We've been talking about excuses for a month, and today we're going to wrap it up. I know you're excited, because really, we don't like to be honest with ourselves, and we don't like to admit that we make excuses. We really don't like to have to deal with stuff. In fact, it would be so much easier if we didn't have to deal with it, but the reality is that we do have to deal with it, and you're going to see why today, but also... You're going to see some ways to deal with excuses. And so what I've got to do, I've got, for those who have not been here this month, I'm not going to call you out, make you stand up or anything. I'm just going to give you some background info because maybe you haven't been able to be here because we have first-time guests uh, every week, first-time guests every week. And they're not the same people, okay? They're, there's different people coming in, and we're glad to have them. We're glad that you're here. So I'm going to give you a little summary, and then we're going to move on, all right? Now, nobody likes to be seen as a liar, but we lie to ourselves all the time. And I've told you, one of the ways we do that is we say, I'm losing weight, and then we get on the scales, and the scales do not agree with what we say. But we tell ourselves we're losing weight. Do you know that we lie to ourselves? How many of you are familiar with this? How many of you are in denial? How many of you don't want to talk about it, okay? Right, let me give you an example. I'll eat this sleeve of Oreos today because my diet doesn't start until tomorrow. Okay? You ever said that? I'm not going to ask for a hand show there. I love my job, but I complain about it. Nobody really cares that I complain about it. Well, why do you complain about it if you love it? Or ironically, here's one. I'm always honest with myself. You just lied to yourself right there. You can't be honest with yourself and do that. Deceiving ourselves doesn't make logical sense. Because when we have a conversation with ourselves, it goes like this. I'm a liar, and so I'm, I'm listening to a lie, and I'm also telling myself a lie. I'm schizophrenic, and so am I, right? <laughs> because I'm having this conversation with myself and saying I don't know the truth that I know that I know, right? Do you follow me? Are you with me in this? And so if I know the truth, but I don't know the truth, why am I not dealing with it, okay? And relatively few people are really honest with themselves. In fact, I have research. Research has been done on this. It says that 60% of people, 60% of people in a 10-minute conversation will tell at least one lie. 
at least one lie in a 10-minute conversation. Some will tell multiple lies. Maybe you've dated these people. I don't know, right? And so it's amazing. Distorting reality inside of our head is something that really happens. And so there's a lot of self-deception that takes place to maintain that because think about procrastination, okay? How many of you are procrastinators? How many of you are waiting to raise your hand, okay? You've procrastinated, you're thinking about it, you'll get to it in a minute, but you're not quite there yet, right? And so because you're a procrastinator, it could be trivial. It could be something as trivial as, I'll unload the dishwasher later, right? We say that. But then it could be as catastrophic as, I'll call the doctor next week about my chest pains, okay? Not a good idea. And self-deception is costly. Here's why. If you procrastinate, I've got a tip for you today. I want to help you out, okay? If you procrastinate, here's what happens. When you procrastinate, you perform the task you're procrastinating about over and over and over in your mind until you actually go and do it. You imagine doing that task that you're thinking about until you go. No wonder you're so tired. No wonder you you need more rest. I'm going to help you. You'll have more energy if you just go on and do it the first time and then quit worrying about it. Don't think about it. It's already done. If you're willingly oblivious to your flaws, you can't correct them. And it's not easy to be honest with ourselves, but it does give us peace when we are. Now, chances are you've heard this said. There are two kinds of people in the world, people who make a difference and people who make excuses. In fact, people will often say, if you want something done, ask a busy person, right? Because busy people, they've got a list, they're working it, they're checking it off, they're getting all kinds of things done. And that's true. So the question I want to ask you today is, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a person who gets things done or do you want to be a person who makes excuses? What kind of person do you want to be? Because it's not just about you or me. It's about the world around us. Because we can make the world a better place if we just choose to. Now, if we live behind false barriers and false walls that are not really true, there there are excuses, but we call them reasons, then we're not helping anybody else. So today we're wrapping up this series, No More Excuses. And we've said throughout the series, there are things we want to keep doing. There are good things in life that we want to have. We want to keep our good friends, right? We want to keep our good habits, right? But then there are also some bad things in life that we want to get rid of, and those are our excuses. Excuses really are not real. They're just excuses many times. And we look at them from a distance, and they look like they're real, but really when we get up close, they're not. They become becauses. Do you have becauses? I can't do this because. And, and this is something you've told yourself for years, and you've never really even tried it, but you're afraid to try it because you've told yourself you can't do it. And so now it's just a litany of a list of becauses that you have. And you retreat behind and hide behind because you're not going to do it. Why don't you start whatever? Why don't you go back and finish? Why don't you forgive him or her? Why don't you just go talk to them? Well, because, and we have our becauses, right? And sometimes we think our becauses are really a cause, but they're not. 
They're just masquerading as a cause. So here's the question I want to ask us today. Is it possible that you're missing out because you've walled yourself in? In other words, you've built these false barriers, these false walls that keep you from going through and doing things that really you'd like to do. Maybe it's because of something somebody has said about you in the past or said to you when you were younger. Maybe somebody called you a name or branded you when you were growing up. And because of that, you have a lot of excuses. And you know where they come from? Fear. They're fear-based. Most excuses, not all, but most are fear-based. Based And that's why we don't like to talk about them because we don't want to deal with them because we're afraid. Oftentimes that fear becomes a seedbed to our excuses and it's all wrapped up in our past experiences. So instead of just looking at the circumstances, let's look at our fears. What are they? Well, I have a fear of abandonment or I have a fear of failure or I have a fear of being embarrassed and ashamed And over my life, I've got this fear, and and I don't know how to get beyond it. We don't know what to do, and there's all kinds of things that can trigger it. But what it will do, it will just paralyze us and cause us to stop growing. And we'll get stuck in our excuses. And it'll be the kryptonite of our souls, and we can't seem to move forward. And it will slowly kill us on the inside. But that is not what we were created for. God created you and me for a specific purpose. He has something he wants you to do, and I can't do what he wants you to do. Look at the person next to you and say, God has something for you. Tell him that right now. Because he really does. He has a will, and he has a purpose, and he has a plan, and he's worked on it for some time, and you're at the time that you need to take advantage of it, and you need to use this time and be there. But here's what happens. Our, our excuses make us small, and they make us selfish, and relationally, they make us unavailable because we're lying to ourselves, but we really need the truth so we can be set free. And and so we see an excuse can become your king. You You can plan your whole life around the fears that you have and your excuses and never break through those things. And God created you, and there's something he wants you to do. And you're letting false barriers keep that from happening. The Apostle Paul comes on the scene as Saul of Tarsus, And when he comes, what happens is he hates Christians and he persecutes and kills them. And then he becomes one. And then everything changes. And he starts winning people to Christ and he starts starting churches and he starts writing letters to new Christians. And he he just really sold out to share the gospel with other people. And in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, he starts out with this. For we are God's handiwork. Now we're going to look at the whole scripture, okay? But that's the first thing that we see. We are God's handiwork. God made us. He molded us. He wants to shape us. He created us. And he created us with a purpose in mind. He knew our personality. He knew who we would be. He knew where we would be. He knew what he would do through us if we would just be available to him. And he says, you're my handiwork. Isn't that amazing that God is counting on us? The God of the universe, he doesn't have to, but he chooses to count on us. You are God's handiwork. And anytime we're created, 
We're created for a purpose. There's a reason that God has us here. And if we're still living, he's still got a purpose and a reason. He says, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, he's telling us right there what we're supposed to do through Christ. We're supposed to do good works. We're supposed to bless other people. We're supposed to minister to them. God has something for you to do. And it's not just for you. It's for the world's sake. It makes a difference if you do what he wants you to do. If you don't do it, it goes undone. Because there are other people, but, but God has something for them to do. And he's not going to give them the thing he's got for you to do. It will either be done by you or it will be left undone. So how do we move beyond our excuses? It goes on in the scripture and says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that amazing that God was working ahead? Provenient grace, God provided a way for us to be saved long before we were ever even born. He provides what he goes before us. He makes preparation for us. He, he works in such a way that it all comes together. And if we just tune into him and listen, seek him, as Carmen was talking about, look for his will, read his word, get involved with other Christian people, you know, read the Bible. That's a way for us to find out the purpose that he has for us. And sometimes there's a really subtle way of refusing to take the responsibility that God has for us, and that's our excuses. You see, that's the fear. If I say yes to God, then he's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do, and I'm afraid of that, and so I'm not going to do it. But now this is the God who saves us. This is the God who created the universe. This is the God who knows us better than we know ourselves. This is the God who is trying to provide for us, and we're afraid of him. Why do we blame God for the things the devil does? Because God didn't come to condemn us. Satan's an accuser. Jesus came to save. Why, do we, why are we afraid of God? Why, how can we possibly be afraid of God? That doesn't make any sense. He loves us more than we love ourselves. He loves us more than anybody else loves us. And so we don't need to be afraid. And so we look at our lives and we say, you know, they could be different. It should be different. I want it to be different. But my fear, I'm paralyzed by my fear. And he gives me opportunities. And I want to take advantage of them. And he gave me gifts that he wants me to use, but I'm afraid. And so I don't use them. And so what happens is that we're commanded to do things and we don't do them. One of them is we are commanded to forgive. And what happens for many people is somebody hurts us terribly. They really hurt us bad. And, and it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And because that happened, we struggle to forgive them. Even though we understand it in our minds, we struggle in our hearts. And what happens is, is that we tell our story because it's on our mind. And what's in our mind is going to come out in our story. And we tell other people about what they did to us and how they hurt us and how we're broken because of it. And other people listen to us. And sometimes they say this, you know, if I was ever going to have a reason not to forgive somebody, 
you got a pretty good reason. I have to admit it, right? But that's not what Jesus says. Because we go to our Savior and we say, let me tell you what he did to me. Let me tell you what she did to me. Let me tell you what happened. And he says, no, that's just a false barrier. That's a false wall that you built. And I've got something specific that I want you to do, but you're never going to do it until you get past this, until you move forward, until you forgive, until you let it go. Because you're hiding behind your fear. You're hiding behind your excuses. I understand it, but I can't condone it because you're all bottled up. And I came to set you free. I don't want you to live that way. There's a better way to do life, and I've got it, and I want you to experience it. Now, here's why we don't want to use excuses. This is, this is the most significant thing we've said in this series. Because when we make excuses, they have the potential to make us miss God's will. And we don't want to miss God's will. It's better than our will. It's better than our imagination. It's better than anything we could plan. It's just better. Okay? And so those excuses are real. And, and they're, they're binding us. They're, they're keeping us bound up, tied up. They're keeping us from God. They're keeping us from the truth. They're keeping us from being set free. So I want to give you five steps. Are you ready? We've been talking about it all month. How about five steps to deal with our excuses? Amen? Amen. I want to thank both of you for that underwhelming response. <laughs> Step number one, you have to identify your excuses. You've got to identify them. You've got to be honest about it. You've got to look at it and say, you know what? I'm going to write these down. This is really just an excuse in my mind that I've, I've said to myself and I've said it for years and I hang on to it and, and I just, I won't let it go. And, and I, I need to identify what it is. I can't because I quit because I won't because I have debt because I'm out of shape because I don't exercise because I, I don't go to church because I don't believe because I don't believe anymore because and we have all this list and this litany of becauses and I can't tell you how many people I've dealt with in my ministry who say well this happened and and I can't believe that God would allow that to happen and cause that to happen and do this to me. And so I'm mad at God. And I, I want to say to them, if they're, if they're ready, you're mad at the wrong one. You're mad at the enemy. You're not mad at God. God doesn't cause bad things to happen. He allows them because we live in a sinful, fallen world. But you know what? He's got the answer. He's got the solution. He's the only one that can get us through it. Because really, would you rather go through problems in your life with God as you face the problems or without him? You know, at least you're with him, right? And he's going to see you through. And it may not be what we wanted and it's not our plan. But you know, God's going to use it for good if we'll just allow him to do that. And so we just go over these excuses over and over and over again so I want you to write them down. Think about them. Share them with yourself and say, you know what? I'm just not going to do that anymore. 
as Forrest Gump would say, one less thing that you got to deal with, right? And then second, step number two, you need to interrogate your becauses. You need to interrogate your becauses. Question them. What am I afraid of? Who am I afraid of? Is there anybody I'm afraid of? What's keeping me bound up and unwilling to deal with? Am I just lazy? Or, or is it that I'm lazy and I'm also selfish because they both go together? Or am I insecure? What is it behind this? What's the motive? What's the reason behind this? I, I'm not going to move ahead until I have an answer and I've dealt with it. Is this a real reason? Or is it just an excuse that I've come up with? And then here's what I want you to do. Reduce the excuse. How about that? Just reduce, because if you reduce the power of the excuse, then that's the first step. You know, with God's help, you're going to see a victory beyond that. Reduce the excuse. Get rid of it. Just, just make a list and burn them and say, no more. I'm not going to live that way anymore. It becomes this disposable when we really look at it, when we address it. and do. Step three, three relay your reason. They really, really reads or not, or not. It's really not a reason, a reason, just, just, and I've used, I've used yours, but I'm not, but I'm not going there anymore. That's really not the way. And I, I respond this way, but way because of that excuse. And I'm just not going to do it anymore. Is it really a reason? It's really not. Say it out loud. That's not really a reason. It's an excuse. You know what? This is an excuse that I've created. This is an excuse. It's a false wall or barrier that I've built. You know what the great thing about doing that is? When you and I build false walls that we live behind, if they're false, we can just tear them down. We don't have to live behind them anymore. We can be set free. And here's the great thing that we see in that. Once we're willing to do that, once we acknowledge it, that's the step toward accomplishing it. Acknowledge it. Be set free for whatever it is God wants to do in and through you because it affects other people. It doesn't just affect you. And then step number four, answer this question. What do I lose if I continue to excuse? What am I going to lose? You know, what do I give up? What do I walk away from? What do I miss out on? Who do I give up? What do I lose? Who ends up missing out on me and what I could potentially offer them? And you'll discover that the price is just too high to pay. And you're not going to go there anymore. And then here's some good news. It's not too late. Look at the person next to you and say, it's not too late. It's not too late. Because you don't want to get to the end of your life and look back and say, you know, I should have listened to Joe back there in September. It was kind of in the fall. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not really sure. I should have listened to him. He talked about this for a month. He preached on excuses. I, sh I should have paid attention to this because I have regrets. And I, I, I wish I could go back. I'm sorry that I've got these excuses that I've just held on to all this time. And, it, and it's, it's so late in my life, but, it, but it's never too late. 
and you can change. Today, you know, your health, there, there's reasons I don't deal with my health. Well, let's deal with them so you'll be around, okay? Because God's got something for you to do if you're still here. And you can do it. And those false barriers, you know, reconnecting with whoever we need to reconnect with, forgiving, reconciling, all those things can happen if we'll just get rid of excuses. And then finally, step number five, tell somebody. Tell somebody else that you did it. That, that's a way to hold you accountable. That's a way. You know, I've realized something. I've realized something about myself. Every time this, this subject comes up, I, I just regress and I return to my becauses. And they're really not real. So I just want you to know I've recognized it's an excuse. And I'm not going to go there. And I need your help to help me be accountable because I'm done with that. I want to live. Isn't that the way everybody wants to live? Don't you want your children to live that way? Don't you want your friends? What would happen if the whole world lived that way? Wouldn't it be wonderful in our community, in the nation, and in our families if we lived that way? So let me say it one more time. If you don't identify your excuses, you will excuse your life away. You can spend the rest of your life trapped, paralyzed because of excuses that are not real that you've just learned to live with and learned to live inside of, and you don't know how to get beyond them, and that's too high a price to pay because God created you for a purpose, and you will never accomplish that purpose as long as you hide behind your fears, and fear comes from the pit anyway, and why does the enemy want us to be afraid? So we won't do God's will. Amen? Amen. Well, we don't want to do that. Why let him win? He doesn't care about us. He's a liar. And he cares nothing about it. He just wants to use us. So why do we give him? We are image bearers. We are purpose bearers. We are created in God's image for his will and his plan. And he wants us to do something in the world and for the world. No more excuses. No more hiding. And so then... What happens is we can be done with them. We can let them go. All right, now let me just wrap it up with this conclusion because here's what happens. A lot of times we look at the Bible. And when we look at the Bible, we see characters in the Bible. And when we see characters in the Bible and we look at them, we think, well, they're in the Bible. I mean, they were supernatural people. I mean, they could probably fly, right? They were in the Bible. I mean, they're amazing. I'm not in the Bible. I'm just Joe, right? But they, they're in the Bible. Well, just listen to this for a minute, okay? Abraham was old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and had all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. The Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas had doubts. Paul had poor health. 
Timothy was timid. And Lazarus was dead. Think about that the next time you come up with an excuse to God. I can't do it because, oh yeah, really? Do you know the story of Lazarus? Do you think there's anything I can't do? Now that's a variety of misfits, and guess where you find them? They're all in the Bible. But God used every one of them in his service. And he will use you too if you'll stop making excuses. Amen. Father, it's not something we like to think about. It's not something we want to talk about. But it's something we need to address. Lord, it's hard for us to be honest with ourselves. It's hard for us to be honest with you. It's hard for us to be honest with those we love. But Lord, I know that you really, you don't want us to live bound up in life. You don't want us just to go through the motions. We're not just here counting the days until it's over. Lord, you've got a purpose for our lives. You've got a calling. You've got something that you want to use us to do, and we're the only ones who can do it. And so, Lord, I pray that not only will we hear, not only will we acknowledge, but, Lord, I pray we'll embrace. I pray that we'll take this to heart. I pray that we will get serious about it and that you will help us to break free that we can be delivered and you're the one to deliver us, that we will give ourselves unconditionally to you because you have given yourself unconditionally to us. You love us unconditionally. And we are so thankful. Today, Lord, is the day. Right now. We don't need to put it off any longer. I pray that we might take advantage of the opportunity that you've given us. I pray that we might take advantage of the gifts that you've given us. I pray that you might just work in our lives in such a way that all these excuses will fall away and we will be yours and we will be used by you to accomplish your will because that's the most important thing we can do. And we love you for it. We thank you for it. And we want to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said,